sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. Welcome to the Sword Podcast. This is a platform for sisters to gather and have some empowering conversations. And in the process of these conversations, we help each other overcome some limiting beliefs. I want you to join the conversation. I appreciate your likes, subscribes, and comments. This podcast is sponsored by Stephanie Brown Coaching. If you have any limiting beliefs that are holding you back, feel free to contact the coach at sociatap.com forward slash Steph Brown MD. Okay, I'm going to share a little coaching secret with you. One of the ways that we can overcome our limiting beliefs is by revising our thoughts. With the source saying, we get to choose a new thought that expands us and helps us to rise. I don't know about you, but I can use all of the affirmation that I can get. With so much negativity in the world, I bet you can too. This week's source saying is, of course, about dreams. Realizing that even though our dreams may have been laid dormant for years, they can still come true. Dreams do come true. I like to encourage myself about that, and I would like to encourage you as well. I'm encouraging myself to never stop dreaming and to dream big. I'm promising myself to make my dreams into reality because I deserve to live a life that dreams are made of, and so do you. So the source saying for this week is my dreams are my destiny, and I am enjoying the process of making them my reality. Again, the source saying is... My dreams are my destiny, and I am enjoying the process of making them my reality. So today's topic is the girlfriend's house from dream to reality. And my special guest is Tara Godby. Tara E. Godby is the founder and CEO of Elon Life Coaching. She's a certified success coach, personal growth strategist, and energy leadership master practitioner with over two decades of experience. In 2020, Tara began her journey as the host of The Girlfriend's House, broadcasted on Binge Networks TV. She has a background in people leadership with an emphasis on personal and career development and has operated within both public and private sectors. Tara is a dynamic public speaker, business leader, and philanthropist. She's going to encourage us with going from our dreams to reality. Welcome to SOAR, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am excited to have you on the show. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. The first time we were going to do this is when Texas got hit with those awful power outages and that bad weather. So I just want to check in first and just see, is everything fully recovered from that? Yeah, we were very blessed. We didn't have electricity for about five days. On day three, I couldn't take it anymore. So my family went to a hotel and we came back and we were fully restored. Other than getting some minor things done with our um, our heating system, we were fine. But of course, there are people in our city who are still recovering for, wow. from water damage or burst pipes. And sometimes they didn't even know that they had issues until their electricity finally came up and it's some people are still in a, in a hard way, but we're very blessed. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that everything back to normal and I'll keep everyone else in your city in my prayers that, that they get back to normal Thank as well. You. So our you. topic, you're welcome. 
our topic is the girlfriend's house from dream to reality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I would just love for you to give um, my listeners an introduction of yourself and tell us a little bit about your story. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. My story is a story to tell. Um, I, as you know, I'm Tara Godby. I am a certified life coach. And I think in order to tell my story and not in, in total, but a good portion of my story is to tell you how I got there. And then I'll tell you about the girlfriend's house. So I have been coaching for well over 25 years without giving you my age. Mm-hmm. And I really did it at a corporate level for for most of those 25 years. Now, it wasn't my core job function. I was always in leadership. And so what comes leadership comes with mentoring and things like that. And so it's interesting. And I think a lot of Black women can in corporate America can can identify with this is that I was also the one who always did black history month. Right. And if there was a, if there was a diversity inclusion class, Oh, I know who we can get to teach that. Right. Which also parlayed into like the seven habits of highly effective people and strength finders and EQ and and unconscious bias and all these other Mm -hmm. things. And this was on top of my core job function. And it's really what I really truly loved about my job. So around age 40 or so, I started to think about, you know, am I living my best life? Am I doing what I truly want to do? And what is it about my job that I love? And the other stuff was okay. The other leadership stuff was okay. But really what I loved is connecting with um, mostly women, but those people who would come and talk to me about career development and getting to their next level. Um, And sometimes those conversations would parlay into life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, my romantic situations, um, my household, my children. And it's really what I really love to do. And so I thought about it and I said, let me put my money where my mouth is and go back to school and get a master's certificate in coaching. And that's what I did. Um, I knew that if I was ever going to coach independently, that I needed to be credentialed and I needed to have the letters behind my name. I knew that because if I hired someone to speak from my corporation, that person had to have credentials. And so I thought that this is, this is what I need to do. So I went back to school for coaching and became a certified uh, master coach. And so that's a little bit about my story. Now, how did the girlfriend's house come into play? Now that's to go back a little bit further. When I was in college, everyone's trying to figure out what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I think that's really hard to tell somebody at 18 or ask somebody at 18, Mm -hmm. what do you want to do with your rest of your life? And so many of us just kind of go pie in the sky. Like I have no idea. Well, I ended up going to school for television broadcasting and I thought that, you know, I don't really want to be behind the scenes but I wanted to be in front of the camera and I didn't want to be like Katie Couric or Cokie Roberts or any of those people, because I didn't believe in like being a news person, anything for the story. Cause I really care about people's hearts in there right. and that kind of thing. So I didn't want to do that, but I thought that I would do some sort of talk show. 
and my thought, and, and this is back during like the Sally Jesse Raphael, mm-hmm. the Jenny Jones, but I didn't want to do that. Like that was messy, right? Right, right. So I thought that I would do something that was more around health and wellness, happiness, you know, finding your inner peace. And this was long before we even heard of a Yanla. This was okay. long before we even knew who a Yanla was. Yeah. And I'm really talkative. So always stop me if you need to. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) So, um, so this was long before we even knew who Ayanla was. And this is what the big dream was. Like one day I'm going to have a talk show and I'm going to talk to women mostly. And I say mostly because like that's 70% of my clientele. And we're just going to talk about how to just become your best self. And, and that was the dream. Well, dream deferred because when, by the time I finished school, I had, I had to actually work two jobs in order to put myself through college. Right. Mm. And so by the time I finished school, I was already in leadership. So for me to go back and to start all over and kind of, um, I don't know, like kind of dig through the trenches in order to kind of get my feet wet and to get into broadcasting didn't make sense because I was already in leadership roles. And that's Mm -hmm. why I guess I've always been in leadership. So it wasn't until just about two years ago, and this is already after I've already been a full-time coach, I've actually left corporate and am now a full-time coach entrepreneur. So yay! Yay! (laughs) I let go of those golden shackles, right? So I... After about that, I was in a seminar and we talked about, we we talked about a lot of different things and I was afforded the opportunity to have my own show. And that show is The Girlfriend's House and The Girlfriend's House. And I'll tell you the premise about that. The Girlfriend's House was exactly what I was thinking about. 30 years ago. And when we talk (laughs) about manifest, it's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And when we talk about manifestation and we talk about the big dream, it just weird how it came back. And so now I have a syndicated show on binge network TV called the girlfriend's house. Um, I've been talking about this concept of the girlfriend's house. Like I said, for about 30 years, And I knew I wanted to do a talk show. I didn't know it was going to be called The Girlfriend's House. But somewhere in those 20 years ago, I was talking to one of my best friends and she is an MSW. She has her master's in social work Mm -hmm. and she also is a registered nurse and she has a bunch of she has more degrees than you can think of. Right. And I said, you know, it would be awesome if we bought a house. And we, I did my coaching out of this house and you have your degrees and we would bend together and we can do this. And it would be like a girlfriend's house. You would kind of come over and you sit and you relax Mm -hmm. and we just have a chat and actually we're doing coaching and we're doing some other stuff, you know, whatever mental health stuff that's going on. I forgot to mention she's a registered nurse and she's in the mental health facilities anyway. So long story short, when I got the when I got the opportunity to do the girlfriend's house or do a show, automatically it came back that it should be the girlfriend's house. And so that's the premise. People come to 
my home, right? The girlfriend's house. And I'm using finger quotes for those who can't see me. (laughs) They come to the girlfriend's house. And depending on where you are most comfortable, we may sit in um, in the office or in the living room, or we might cook a quick meal in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and we might sit in the theater or the workout room, depending on where you feel more comfortable. And we just have a conversation on whatever topic you want to have, and we have our coaching session there. And it is just like coming or going over to one of your girlfriend's house and having a really great conversation, but it's really geared towards what your, what your goals are and your next steps. So how was that for explaining it? That was a great explanation and I just love it. I'm so in love with the concept and just so in the fact of how everything came full circle. I believe that when we set intentions and I say this all the time, When we set intentions, even if we're not consciously aware of them every day, they still work in the background. Isn't that the truth? Yes, yes. And it it comes back around as those opportunities present themselves. So that was awesome. Yeah, I talk about that too with my clients because sometimes we have to talk about a dream deferred. And so sometimes we think it's gone, but God, source, universe, whatever it is that is your guide will get you back on path. And sometimes we have to remember what was that big dream? Because often when life happens, we forget what that big dream was. Absolutely. Absolutely. We forget. So you had this dream over 30 years ago and it came to fruition in the exact right timing, right? Because that's the other thing. Things happen exactly when they're supposed to happen, even if it feels like it was deferred. So I'm just curious, what doors have opened for you as a result of the girlfriend's house? Well, one, I get to talk to you today, which I think is amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank (laughs) you. No, I'm so excited. And yeah, so a lot of doors have opened, opened and things that I didn't expect. And I have learned to sit back and let it be. And I think that we always feel like we have to go, 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 go. So especially because of COVID, a lot of people, unfortunately, their business has slowed down. But what COVID has done for some people and many people, it has allowed them to time to sit back and to breathe and to start putting things in perspective and to start prioritizing differently. So what that has done for me is it has made my coaching business that much bigger. I actually have, you know, you make out your postcards and you do all your networking and phone calls, but because of the girlfriend's house and because of where people are right now, I am getting phone calls and I am getting contacts from people who are not in this state, not in this country, but when they want to do coaching or, or they want to piggyback off of the girlfriend's house and say, Hey, I want to talk to you about that. Or there may be an opportunity for them to join the girlfriend's house. Maybe they're the subject matter experts. I have been reached out by two states to work with their state directly for their leadership team. One, the state of Texas (laughs) and one, the state of North Carolina. Congratulations. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. With their their leadership staff directly, because like I said, I have over 25 years of corporate experience. I have had a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I and I do attribute that to the girlfriend's house and a long life coaching, which is my company, because 
people are out there and people are watching you and people are being drawn to you. And when we talk about perfect timing, that's when you just kind of sit back because it happens. So I have been afforded so many different opportunities because of a long life coaching, because of the girlfriend's house that I guess I'm more visual or more seen for lack of a better word. And it has been a blessing to me. Yeah, that sounds like a blessing. And it sounds like, you know, they, they always say that luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yes. And Jim Rohn. Yes. Yeah. So you have the skills and you have been preparing all of your life and then the opportunity presented itself. Uh, so that is very inspiring. And you were talking about COVID and how people are interested in figuring things out now. So some people, I've, I've heard people say that they don't really have a dream. They don't know what their dream is. So when people come to you and they're trying to figure out what their dream is, what do you say to them? Do you think everyone has a dream or maybe some people just don't have a dream or what are your thoughts about that? I do believe everybody has a dream, whether we speak on it or not is something different. I think that there are people who have been hushed for a lack of a better word, or they have, they don't feel comfortable or they feel like there's going to be some sort of scrutiny or judgment if they shared that big dream. And so it's really what we work together is we, we work in a safe space for you to just let it all out and just what is it that you think about? And sometimes we have to make a laundry list of ideas and just let you kind of build a branch, you know, like um, and say, you know, maybe I want to do this. And then that could parlay into some other things um, in order to come up with it. But do I think that we all have a dream? Absolutely. I think that we don't necessarily give ourselves permission to dream big mm -hmm. because we're afraid of failure. Sometimes we're afraid of success. What will happen if it actually does come true? <laughs> but do I think that everybody has a dream? I do think that is an absolute truth. I also ask people, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with Elaine Walteroth. She was the, the first Black editor-in-chief of Vogue, Teen Vogue magazine. She's now on The Real, I think. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I know she's on a talk show now. Elaine Walteroth. She has a book, and I'm reaching for it, called More Than Enough. This is oh. one of her books. And she's an amazing person. But one of the things that she talks about in her book is she talks about the fact that we all have a dream. And she talks about, think about how you played as a child. Think about what role did you play? What are some of the mm. things? What was your pretend? And that's when you can kind of tap into it because you'll start to think about, oh, my gosh, I did think about that. Even with the girlfriend's house, I kind of forgot that that was the big dream until it presented itself again. So sometimes we have to kind of go back and think about what did I want to be before somebody told me I couldn't do it? That is removing some of that inner dialogue and getting some of that look off of us that's so heavy that stops us from going there. So to answer your question, yes, I do believe we all have a dream. And I think sometimes that we have to work to uncover it because we have to give ourselves permission to go back into that very vulnerable space. Mm hmm. I will definitely be looking up that book more than enough. So thank you for sharing that. And I agree with you. I think that we all have a dream and that it looks different to some people. So it could be 
simple. So sometimes it's simple. So people don't think it's really a dream, right? Like finding your perfect partner that that's still a dream or being able to retire comfortably, or it can be something bigger, like owning a seven figure coaching practice. The other thing I think comes up when we think about dreams is sometimes we have a dream and other times we have a fairy tale. And what I mean by a fairy tale is something that is is not really realistic. So I know I've talked to someone before in 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 terms of finding your perfect partner. And when you when I talk to her, it sounds like she's looking more for a unicorn than a thoroughbred, right? <laughs> and I mean, unicorns are, you know, you rarely spot them. They're definitely not something that you're going to be able to capture and keep. It's kind of a mythical idea. Whereas a thoroughbred is something that is, you know, high quality meets great standards, but something that you can actually attain. So what are your thoughts yeah. around dreams versus fairy tales? Yeah, that's really great. And I'm glad that you had that conversation with her. And yeah, dreams versus fairy tales, like a couple things came up for me. One, I agree with you. And I kind of go back a little bit. I agree with you on your dream doesn't have to be a seven figure or eight figure or whatever it is, coaching business, or, you know, I want to do whatever. That dream can be, I want to be a wife and mother right? And not to minimize that by any means, or it can be, I want to, you know, knit sweaters for kittens, whatever that is, it it can be a dream. And I think that sometimes we think it has to be some big audacious goal and it doesn't. When it comes to relationships, we have these ideas of what perfection looks like. Mm -hmm. And we have these ideas of, I'm not going to settle. And somewhere that became part of our vernacular, like don't settle, you get everything that you want. You just do that, right? So we're looking for perfection and then we're disappointed when we can't find it. And that's where you're kind of talking about fairy tale versus dream. The other thing, so one thing that I do have my clients do when we talk about relationships is, yeah, write it all down. All that stuff that you want, write it down, get hand to paper, write it down, make it crazy. It should be a list of 30, 40 things, write it all down. But in reality, what we have to realize is that no one is perfect and neither are you. So what you have to realize are, what are some of my things that are my absolute no, absolute there, I cannot deal with not having that. Mm -hmm. And what are some things that I can massage a little bit? Because at the end of the day, the perfect person for you is not going to be perfect. However, you are going to be able to live through or deal with some of their BS Mm-hmm. And they're going to be able to live with yours. And sometimes that reality check is what's needed in that conversation. And the same thing when it comes to that big dream, it may not show up in the exact skin that you may want it to, but is this something that is palatable? Is this something that you can say, you know, this is a variation of the dream, right? The girlfriend's house I thought would be a house. It turned out to be a TV show, which brought the other things together, right? Yes, was, it yes. the, was it the exact way I saw it? Absolutely not. But it happened and it was the big dream. The difference between for me, for dream and fairy tale is movement. Mm-hmm. It's getting up and going. It is making it happen. 
because we can daydream all day, right? We can sit here and say, oh, oh, in a perfect world, I would have this and I would have that and I would do this. But it never becomes reality until you move on it. Mm -hmm. So your fairy tale will be amazing. But your dream is something that you're going to actually move on and you're actually going to take some steps. And it may not be the steps that you want. And sometimes you take two steps forward and one step back. And sometimes you go all the way around the corner before you get right back to that step. But the point of that dream is that you know that this is where you want to land and you're willing to do anything for it. The fairy tale says, I'm waiting for perfection and it's going to find me. Mm. Does that answer that question for you? It answers it. Absolutely. I I love that. The fairy tale is just kind of pie in the sky and you're waiting for it. And the dream, you actually have to put some effort into it. Yeah, that's right. Right. A goal, a goal, a, a goal is you have to have movement. You just have to have movement. If not, it is absolutely a fairy tale. And you can always tell people, oh, I'm going to do this one day. But if you never make action, then it was just a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So as we are talking about empowering people to tap into their dreams and rediscover or discover for the first time what their dream is. What about that person who had that dream 30 years ago, like you did, and they feel like their dream has been deferred? What advice would you give them if they're feeling like, well, I'm not sure it's ever going to happen because it's been deferred for so long? Yeah, yeah. It can be discouraging, right? Because you always think like, and this is the thing where innately, you know, that this is where you're supposed to be. You can feel it in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be a, I don't know, fashion icon or the best cake baker or whatever, the whatever it is. Right. And you can feel it in your soul. That's how you know it's what you are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where everyone's faith is, but I will say the best way to honor God is to do what you were put on this earth to do. Amen. That is how you honor God. So with that being said, if you cannot stop thinking about it, mm-hmm. if you wake up in the night, in the middle of the night and they have ideas and things on your, on your mind and it's always surrounding this, everything that you do, it's like, I can't get it out of my head. That is because it is your God given gift and it is what you are supposed to do. So I encourage you that no matter how long it takes, no matter how many obstacles that you have to go, know that there is a plan out there for you, for you to achieve it. And so what my job is as a coach is one to identify what that dream is, what that goal is. And then we're going to make actionable steps in order to get you. And what I'm also going to do is I'm going to hold you accountable to say, what did you do today to work on it? And I'm by no means telling anybody, quit your job today and go and follow this plan. Like that just doesn't make good common sense, right? (laughs) But it doesn't mean that when you finish your nine to five, that before you go to bed, you can't brainstorm an hour or you can't do two hours of research or you can't bake a cake and be like, you know, I've perfected that recipe this weekend, you know, and that's where you keep working on your dream. And after a while, what you're doing is you're building your muscle and you're starting to build your confidence and you're starting to get there. So that whole time frame thing, that's man-made. Everything is going to have its perfect timing and everything is going to happen exactly when it should and not when you expect it to. So it's never too late. Don't ever give up. And then I talk about, I have a whole 
speech where I talk about um, personal board of directors. At the end of the day, you are the CEO of your life and you need to hire and fire accordingly, right? And so I also talk about who those people are who need to be in your circle to help you move forward. People who encourage you, people who are, who are going to be there for you, people who you can bounce the ideas off of, people who are the subject matter experts, but that's a whole nother conversation if we want to go there. <laughs> but and surrounding yourself with those people to help encourage you to get to that dream. So with that being said, it's never too late. And if it is something that you just cannot think, stop thinking about, that is what you are supposed to do. So let's work together and get you there. Yeah, I love that because I, I think that we do know that feeling. We know that feeling of we just can't shake it. We just can't shake it. Yeah. And so it's, and it's okay to reach out for help, to hire a life coach, to help you get through that process uh, yeah. because no one wants to get to their end of their life and have regrets and think, well, what, how would my life have been differently if I had, have actually pursued what I wanted to pursue? I know that's what motivates me. I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have those regrets. Yeah, I agree. There's a book that I read and I wish I could tell you the title of it. I can't remember. But one of the things that stood out to me was the author said that you will find more dreams in the graveyard than anywhere else. Because most people, Ooh. unfortunately, people let their dreams die with them. And that's, and there's just more dreams in the, in the graveyard. Right. That's the anything. saddest thing I've heard today. That just breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah, but it's true. And it's because we don't give ourselves permission or we have fear and we feel like we can't move forward. What will people think? We have that on us. You know, people will think that, you know, we have this, this idea of imposter syndrome, like, no one's going to believe that I'm a great cake baker and whatever it is that you have. I actually had a client the other day and then I'll stop talking. I had a client the other day who on Facebook put a picture of some earrings that she made. And she said, would anybody buy these? And I said, do it anyway, because even if your Facebook friends wouldn't buy it, there's somebody in the world waiting for you to do just what you're doing. So we have to stop waiting for our inner circle to co-sign and we have to be able to say there is somebody in the world. So it doesn't matter if your Facebook friends say yes or no, either way you want to do it. So do it. And somebody in this world is going to be like, I've been waiting for you to do that. That's exactly what I've been waiting for. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because what I wanted to ask you about was what you said about the board of directors. Yes. Does that board stay static throughout your life or does it change? It absolutely changes as you change, right? Mm -hmm. I think the titles of the people, like I have five things that you, that you should have in your, your personal board of directors, right? There's five titles, but whose name is next to that title absolutely will change as you grow. So does that. So does your circle. Right. And I think that so often we hang on to things mm-hmm. when we should no longer hang on to them. And that's including friendships and connections and everything has a season. And sometimes that season is over and we have to let it go because where you're going, maybe that person is not supposed to go with you, but we feel a guilt and we feel some sort of angst or sadness behind letting things go. And I'm not saying you don't love that person, but love them from over there because now you need to step up your game because your game is being stepped up. 
Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. And yeah. I know that, that that is a word that I know I needed to hear. And I'm sure other people needed to hear that. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, I wanted to pick your brain because you are you went to school for broadcasting. You're in television yes. now. And yes. I'm actually doing a uh, masterclass this week. It's called the Perfect Media Pitch Masterclass, learning how to get on, you know, television, radio, all of those types of things. Awesome. So well, thank you. <laughs> what tips and tools do you have? from your background in, in media and your personal experience about people either getting their own um, message out or getting their concept out to the media? Wow, that's really interesting. For me, it happened in a time where I didn't know what was going to happen and someone offered it to me. And it wasn't that I had to go out and pitch it or anything like that. And I know that that's not typical, but I will say what I learned from that was, right? So, yes, it fell into my lap, but did it really? Right. <laughs> so it fell into my lap, but did it really? I will say that this is why it fell into my lap. I have experienced a lot in my, okay, I'll tell my age, <laughs> in my 50 years of life. Okay. I have experienced, yay, 50. I'm actually going to be 50 in a couple of days. So, yeah. So, um, so in my 50 years of life, I have experienced a lot of things. I have experienced heartache. I have experienced pain. I have experienced poverty. I have experienced, um, from my corporate world, I have had a seat at the table. You name it, I have gone through it. And that could be a, an entire show in itself to tell my life story. I have been divorced. I have four kids. I have um, people in my family who suffer from mental illness, dyslexia. I have, you name it, I have experienced it. Mm -hmm. Not knowing at the time that it was all part of the plan. Okay. So let's keep that in our bonnet and I'll go back to that. What I have learned is that in corporate, I felt like there was a way that I had to show up right? I'm a black woman with a seat at the table. I'm a black woman who oftentimes when um, I'm in the meeting, they would ask, are you taking notes? No, I'm not the secretary, <laughs> right? Right. right? But I felt like I had to show up a certain way. It wasn't until I left corporate that I had my hair braided for the first time, wow. right? That I have been able to embrace. And, and this is weird to say, but it's true. It's my truth my blackness. Right. And I think that that was, that's very freeing. I was, I've always done the right things, right. I've gone to the right schools. I knew the right people. I carried myself the right way, whatever that was. And what I have learned is that all those experiences that I talked about earlier made me who I am today. When you're going through it, right, when you're dealing with poverty and homelessness and you're dealing with all those things, you're like, God, why me? But what I have realized that it was all part of the plan. I had to go through those things so that now when people come to me, I come from a place of not textbook like, oh, the book says that this is what should happen, but a place from been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Let's talk about it. I understand. And I've been in your shoes. Now I understand that that's why I have gone through all those things and why um, I am where I am today. Now, you talked about the positioning. It wasn't until I left corporate that I started to become my authentic self. 
I started to become my authentic me, sharing my story, sharing who I am, not being ashamed that I talk proper, not being ashamed that I grew up in the projects and now I live in a very affluent neighborhood, right? Not being ashamed of any of the things, but becoming like, I have my braids in now and I'm going to, and I wear soft locks sometimes and, mm-hmm. and I'm just all these things that I was afraid to do. But what I have known, and I'm going to go back to your aunt question now is the pitch is your authenticity. The pitch is being who you truly are. When you make up the story and when you say, oh, this is what's going to grab them, even though there may be some truth to it, being able to sit in that is what draws the right people to you. Mm -hmm. And so being able to own that truth, when I say that it fell into my lap, I think what fell into my lap was my ability to see Tara for who she is. And to be able to accept her for who she is. And I don't believe that I had ever given myself permission before that. And I will tell you that when I was in corporate and I was six figure salary and all those benefits that you have in that, and I call it the golden handcuffs, I felt, I felt uncomfortable when it got closer to the end. I felt Like I was heavy, like it didn't fit right. And that's because I wasn't living in my authenticity. And what happened is once I became the full me that I am, and I'm growing into every single day because it it continues to grow, things started to happen. And so when people tell you, you know, just be, just be yourself, right? It sounds like lip service and we don't really understand what that means but they are absolutely giving you the best pitch that you could possibly be that they can possibly give you because being yourself will open doors for you. And sometimes here's the struggle. We don't even know who the heck myself is. Mm. (laughs) So that's the media pitch is to just be yourself because those people who will be drawn to you will be. And when you, and, and tell your story in full, um, you know, I forget that part of my story is that I have lupus and fibromyalgia and that I have pain sometimes and I can't move a lot of days. And that's part of the story because somebody is waiting to hear that so they can connect with you. Did that answer that question? Because I don't know if it really answered it, because I think that we're looking for some big, this is how you do it. And it's not. Girl, no, that answered the question. It answered (laughs) it. Um, That was very powerful. And I think it really got to the heart of the question because, you know, a lot of times we are looking for just give me the the one through 30 things that I have to do that I can plug and play. Right. There, there is no plug and play. Right. Um, it, and it's, it's about energy. When you put your energy out, other people are attracted to that energy. And, and so there's no plug and play for that. That's just who you are. And so I think the tip is to just, like you said, figure out who you are and, and get, get comfortable with that and learn how to share your story so that other people can connect to you. I love that you use the word energy. 
because that's exactly what it is. People are drawn to your energy, just like you're drawn to other people's energy. And it's the same thing in relationships. It's the same thing, you know, in, in your in your professional world is that when you show up as your best self and you are just being in your and you're exuding that energy, the right person will be drawn to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I see things about how can I get this man to love me? You cannot. You cannot. (laughs) And I'm so tired of people telling people, well, if you do this and if you dress this way, he will he will love you. Right. We just had this whole thing with the Derek Jackson. Oh, yeah. Right. And if she got herself together, then he wouldn't have cheated. Wrong. It's who he is. Exactly. It is who he is. And there's nothing women that we can do or men that we can do to make somebody be something to us that they are not supposed to be for us. Same thing with job. You cannot force it. If you be your authentic self and you show up as your authentic self, the right opportunities will be afforded to you. Mm -hmm. I love it. So now that this dream is coming true for you, do you have another dream um, that you're willing to share? Yeah. So I have a lot of dreams and I wish you could see my office because yes, I do vision boards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, when you said that my eyes automatically went to my vision board and what does that look like? Like I am living currently and I'm so blessed to say that. And I don't take this lightly. I am currently living in my fantasy So we say that word again. I am living in my dream world. I am happily married. My children are thriving. I have a business. I'm actually doing the TV show that I love. So what are my next steps, right? When I look at my vision board that I am glancing at right now, (laughs) it is really to do what I'm doing now on a bigger scale. I want to do it at a national, international level. I want, even though I'm on Binge Network and it's syndicated on a hundred different networks, which is fantastic. What would that look to get a major deal with an NBC, CBS, Fox? What would that look like for me, right? What would it look like for me to tour? What would it look like for me to be able to become a household name, to be the next Ayanla, right? And I use her as an example. But then I have some other dreams. Um, I am very connected and I work really um, closely with NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. I work very closely with um, our domestic violence shelters here. And I work very closely with um, the Lupus of America Foundation. Of those two, the NAMI and the and the and the domestic violence are my closest. I would love to be able to contribute and be more of a philanthropist on a on a bigger scale with those organizations. I have a dream of, and I started a nonprofit um, called Misrepresented. <laughs> like ms represented and yeah so misrepresented so we're misrepresented and it's misrepresented love it um, for for women of color um, and being an advocate and being a resource for those women and being able to see that broaden so when i look at like i said when i look at my vision board it is to do what i'm doing today on a bigger scale and to be able to give back 
with to those um, communities into those areas of need that I have a passion for and the biggest ones around domestic violence and mental illness. I love it because currently you're living in your dream world, but you still have dreams. Yeah. And I think that as long as we have breath in our life, that we're supposed to have dreams, you know, um, it's, it's a part of, part of still being here. still having a purpose for, for being on this earth. And when I asked that question, I specifically asked if, you know, any dreams that you would like to share, because I think sometimes there are dreams that we're not ready to share. And there are people who will try to steal your dreams. And sometimes a dream is just in its infancy. And just like an early pregnancy, most people don't share that they're pregnant when they're four weeks pregnant. They wait until that pregnancy is a little bit more established. So I would love to hear your thoughts about dream stealers. Do you think that they exist? So that's interesting that you say that because I've heard this concept a lot of times where people say, keep it, keep your cards close to your chest, right? And don't share your dreams because there's dream stealers. I have a different food for thought for that and bear with me. And I think that you have to do what's best for you, whatever that looks like, whatever that means, do what's best for you. But for me, I think that when I do share my dream and I don't say you share it with everybody, right? But we talked about that personal board of directors that when I do share it with my board and I tell them, this is what I'm thinking, right? They can help me kind of evolve that dream or to, um, to massage it so that it's more workable. So I think that it's okay. And then you are more likely to make it happen when you share it because we can lie to ourselves all day long about (laughs) we didn't have time. But when you have an accountability partner who says, how are you doing on that cake baking class? (laughs) We are more likely to have it happen. Right. So when people say, I don't share my dreams, I don't share my thoughts. Uh, maybe we need to change our circle a little bit so that you have people who you can share that with and identify who those people are. Because I do think that there's something to sharing that dream. That's the first piece. The second piece is, are there dream stealers? I love the example of there is when you go into the grocery store and you go down aisle eight, you do not see one kind of bread. There are thousands of different kinds of bread, mm-hmm. right? And you choose the one that you want. As you're driving down the street, you see a Starbucks, but you also might see a Dutch Brothers and you also might see somebody else, a Dazzle, or you might see a Tim Hortons. You might see 11 things. So there's not one coffee maker out there, right? Mm -hmm. I may prefer Tim Hortons to Starbucks because that's what I want. So when there comes dream stealers, they may steal the concept, but they will never steal you. They will never steal what you bring the table. They can make your fried chicken, but they forgot to put that special spice in it. So it just don't taste the same. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Something's missing. You ever had that? Something's missing. And so what that missing is, is you. So they may try to mimic it, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable because it's not their dream, right? And some people have gotten rich quick off of something that they stole from somebody or off of a gimmick or off of something like that. But the problem is it's not sustainable because it's not who they are. It's not who they are innately. 
Mm-hmm. And when we talked about the fact that you've been dreaming this dream for years, you can't stop thinking about it. you go to bed, you make diagrams, you draw pictures, you think mm-hmm. about this all the time. It's because it is innately you and nobody can steal that thought. So do it anyway. And if somebody mm-hmm. takes your ideas and they try to run with it, then they have shown you who they are. And as what is, um, oh my gosh, Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Absolutely. So if somebody shows you their true colors, then you already know, all right, I got to evolve my board of directors because you are not on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Ooh, so. I, I love that take. I really appreciate that perspective. And and it's true. If it's innately you and it comes from your authentic stuff, authentic self, it can't be stolen. Right. And then you talked about, I'm sorry to interrupt. I apologize. You talked a little bit about it's in this embassy and I don't want to share it yet. So we have to identify, are we operating in fear and where does that fear come from? Just food for thought. I won't expound on that a little bit. But when you say it's in this embassy, I don't want to share it yet. What's that real thing that's making you not share it? Is it judgment? Is it ridicule? Somebody saying that you're not good enough? Is it imposter syndrome? What is that inner voice that's telling you that says it's in its infancy and I just can't share it yet? I call BS any ideas in its infancy. Hell, Amazon is in its infancy still <laughs> because it's going to be bigger than we than he imagined when he first started. It's always growing. It's always getting there. So we have to try to check ourselves on why we won't share it. The real reason. And and you hit on all the real reasons. Those are those are all of the real reasons that come up. The the fear, the the limiting beliefs, all of those things. And that was the the thing that I wanted to ask you was about limiting beliefs. On this podcast, I always talk about limiting beliefs. And I know one thing that keeps Many of us from either pursuing our dreams or giving ourselves permission to do the thing or share the thing are limiting beliefs. Yes. But I also believe that even successful people, people who are living in their dream world have had limiting beliefs and have had to overcome them. So I would love it if you could share any limiting beliefs that came up for you and how you overcame them. Oh my gosh, I live in limiting beliefs every single day of my life. And we all do. And like you said, I'm sure that Jeff Bezos and CEOs of companies and people who are, I think, I believe Oprah, Ayanla, you name it. We all have limiting beliefs because somewhere we, we believe we have, like I I keep using the word imposter syndrome, but it's true. Right. Am I really lit? Am I really living this? And so I think that the exercise is, when you want to do something or you want to create something or you have something that's telling you, I cannot do it. And you have that limiting belief. You have to kind of ask yourself, how true is that? Like, where is that coming from? Right. And this is, again, we have that personal board of directors, personal board of directors, because sometimes we got to talk through it. Right. And then here's the other thing. And here's the big piece. Because we all have them recognize that it's normal. It is absolutely normal. And if though you may look successful in someone else's eyes or you might look at someone else and say, wow, they're really successful. I wish I could have that confidence. We're all insecure about something. All of us. So one thing that I tell my clients and I even tell my children is that and my children are not babies. My baby's 19. Let's be clear. <laughs> but what I tell them is do it anyway. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. What I learned from it was, 
right? And if you take that, then the next time you're doing it, it's you're coming from a place of you're not doing it again. You're doing it with the knowledge that you learned last time. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you're always going to have that. It doesn't go away. It is human nature. But the real question is, how do you work through it? And that's by doing it anyway and accepting that it may not be as successful as I thought, but it was the success that I learned. I think it was Thomas Edison. And forgive me if I'm not getting these names right, but I want to say that, and I'm using a very arbitrary number, but I think he said he built, they said, oh, you invented the light bulb. It took you 5,000 times. Let's say that, right? Let's say it was 5,000. And he goes, I had 5,000 different ways of how not to do it. And so all those times that you are doing something incorrectly, and I'm using my finger quotes again, it's not that you are making a mistake. You're learning how to perfect it. And so it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then you'll get to the point where you're like, I can sit with that. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been an enlightening conversation. And I just want to um, close by asking you, share again exactly how we can watch The Girlfriend's House, how we can get in touch with Elon Coaching, and how we can follow along with you. Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. I would love to connect with everyone. (laughs) The more, the merrier. So the girlfriend's house is on binge network. You can just look on your computer at binge network.tv. And in the search, just put in the girlfriend's house. So um, that's how you can watch the girlfriend's house. But in another way that you can always connect with me, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and that's at Alon, E-L-A-N, Life Coaching. So at Elon Life Coaching, or you can always reach out to me at elonlifecoaching.com. So there's several ways. I'm everywhere on every social media that I can think of. Um, and that's Elon Life Coaching, E-L-A-N, lifecoaching.com or at Elon Life Coaching. But check me out on the girlfriend's house. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Tara, for spending time with us today and just wishing you continued success and keep dreaming. Thank you so much for having me. And we're both going to dream. We're going to dream big and keep dreaming bigger and bigger. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for conquering those limiting beliefs on another episode of the SOAR podcast. If you want to reach out to my guest, just check out the show notes and all of the contact information is there. If you want more information about Stephanie Brown coaching, go to www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And I'm sure you're already following the SOAR podcast Instagram page. But if not, just go to IG and type in sisters overcoming and rising. All one word. Goodbye for now. 